podcast. Today I'm here with Alessia, Julia, and Drew, some frequent friends of the 407 residents and company. You know, booyah. I'm Julia. I'm Alessia. I'm Drew. <laughs> I'm also now staring at your little mic input. That's okay. It is what it is. She. Exactly. So I guess we can start off talking about the N word, like, or you can talk about yourself, Alessia. Like I don't know. Like, you guys can give like more of an intro. Like I don't really have honestly a clear cut vision for how it works. You know. I need to listen Absolutely. to the to the catalog of. I have I have yeah. like no knowledge of what no this reference. podcast. Yeah. What what is this podcast? Can we ask you a question? What does this podcast mean to you? What's the goal? What's the purpose? Why why are we in the room together? (laughs) Icebreaker, everyone says (laughs) what they think of the N-word. And then it progresses. Is there a jingle after we I know a really funny icebreaker game. It's funny. So I can tell you, you can ask me questions. That's fine. I'd rather you ask me serious questions, though. That was a serious question. No, no, I'm not talking about serious. Don't even be concerned. Gonna come after that was like more so what I was referring to, but uh, I think like for me the We Them Niggas podcast like I was saying earlier before we started recording is that for me the We Them Niggas podcast is a I don't know a piece of content it's kind of like my foray into journalism I think it's like a way for me to explore like what the N word means to people and society different people and also an opportunity for me to hear people have to say I feel like people police each other when it comes to racism and like who can and can't say the n-word but I feel like oftentimes a lot of other things that go, don't go really they don't receive as much energy or attention as that conversation and I think it's like there are more important conversations to be had I think than really who can and can't say the n-word sometimes and I think that we kind of forego those conversations too frequently uh, for a very brief one about who can and can't say the n-word uh, a word which is kind of like which is kind that's not so great anyway I'm sorry myself no you're fine I mean I was just saying I think that for me the We Them Niggas podcast is an opportunity to have a constructive conversation about the n-word and give people an opportunity to say what they think about it I feel like a lot of people are like you can't say it you can't say it Yeah. Uh, I think some people are just afraid to say it like what are they afraid of why are they afraid why do people not want some people to not say the n-word i think it's just like a lot of different different views people have on it and i think a lot of them are incomplete and so i think this is an opportunity to kind of just go about creating a more comprehensive conversation in one place about it and i like the idea you know that we them niggas i used to like uh why me and not me and his song says i'm that nigga i won't ever change i was like oh i like that uh i feel like it's like a positive attitude it's like uh, he is this dude He's resilient. That's just kind of like what he's saying. I like that a lot. And I feel like uh, a similar sentiment can be said about multiple people. And so we them niggas, I feel like it's not a self-centered enterprise. We're rather one about community and about people. And if I want to have that be what I want to build a brand around, I think having a constructive conversation be, you know, how I, how I start that. I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so this is my foray into journalism. And I think there's a lot of other things to talk about, but I think if I'm going to have this be the name, this is the, the place to start in terms of the conversations I want to be having. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So what do you guys think about the word nigger? 
what's that word like for you in your life? When did it first show up? Um, so for me, I remember I was in fourth grade and it first showed up in a book and the person didn't say the word and I didn't know what it meant, but I didn't say anything. So that was like the first time I saw it. So I kind of got a connotation like, okay, this is a word I shouldn't use. But I didn't really find out what it meant until I got older because I was at such a young age. Um, I kind of inferred because it was a book about racism, but um, that was kind of my first encounter with it. Um, I don't know. I feel like as I'm older, I feel like the word should obviously only be used in a good way. And it should be used in a celebratory way because it has a terrible history and a terrible past associated with it. And I really like how, like, the black community is definitely trying to take the word back. And I find that beautiful to be like, you can't define us by this. Like, it's going to be our word and it's going to mean a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um... Thank you, Alessia. Yeah, thank you, Alessia. Um, I definitely don't think as, like, it's not a socially acceptable thing to say, especially, and I kind of feel weird, like, I really appreciate you opening up this space and having this conversation, because it's honestly one that I never would have had otherwise, um, and as a white female, it, it's, it's nerve-wracking to be talking about it and then I have to think like oh like like why am I so nervous about having this conversation um and I definitely agree with what Alessia was saying that I really love how um the black community is reclaiming the word and using it in a celebratory way and I think that's the only way that it should be used um but then I also kind of think about um how if like you're celebrating these black artists um and you're not using it in a way that's um horrible like calling people names or like using it to refer to people, especially if you aren't of that race. Um, I think that if you were to sing it like in the shower and if you're like celebrating those artists, then I think that that would be okay because you're using it in a positive sense um, and you're not using it in um, that horrible, um, manner that brings other people down and adds to the horrible history around it but yeah it does make me nervous though to go back to what I was saying before because there's I just I feel like like who like who am I to be speaking on this and does my voice like really add to the conversation and I guess that um the word first came up for me um in Huckleberry Finn 
and I think it was middle school where we read that book and we didn't say it we just like went over it and we never really had a discussion it was always just like like I asked my friends and they were like oh no like don't say that and my press would be like oh don't say that and then in high school like that's when I was more educated on it I went to a Quaker high school mm-hmm. um and that's where they like they dove more into these topics um and I was really able to like understand and have a more um filled in background of like how it was used and um what it meant um so yeah that's why it makes me nervous to be talking about it but I think it's a really um think it's a really interesting topic and possibly one that needs to be had if there is to be um, a future of of change surrounding the word like you've been talking about yeah Be by yourself, yeah. And so it's like, what truly are you like? Just so you can just divide by the amount of words you have, basically. And then once again, like, like what if you do not say anything, but like, this would be a very weird kind of thing to get back. What if like a person has sex with their house? And like they're like, I don't know, people can change their body differently. Like people can say a thing and it's like, uh, I don't really know. Like my parents kind of like just think they're. <laughs> like I was at like the, the one conference that I kind of did my reality and I was telling you guys mm-hmm. and like I was talking to the people that were in my podcast and one dude was like this is really cool for me he's like this is the course this is the course oh. <laughs> and I was like yeah like that's kind of like my mood about it I feel yeah. like why would you want to disciple someone just so you could really go to appreciate like something that they're involved in it doesn't even work with dance moves like it's all fun <laughs> I think, um, just like, yeah, yeah, um, just like in middle school and high school, I think that that never really was, like, an option or a discussion to be had, so I just, like, I never even thought of that, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Of what? Like, like, what you were just saying. You just mean, like, in terms of, like, where people still say it, you mean? Or, like, more? Um. 
My words are failing me at the current moment. It's okay. It's really, like, really subtle pressure. Um, I guess that it was just so, like, ingrained in me that you, you, you shouldn't say it, like, oh, like, be quiet, like, you shouldn't question it, like, this word isn't yours, um, and, like, it's so wrong, Mm -hmm. I, and there were no, like, discussions about, like, why, or, like, and, and people, I would just, like, always see, like, videos on social media, or, like, things of people, um, like, saying it, and, like, what would happen, that I'm just, like, oh, it's just, like, not socially acceptable, it's just something that, like, you do not do, um, and so, for me to think, um, if I'm, like, oh, like, learning a course about it or like oh it's like in this book or like oh it's in this song like it doesn't even pop into my mind that like like I'm allowed in a way I guess excuse me because of um just all the prior conversations that I've had about it before that makes sense but you also wanted to talk about moving to Alabama we were talking about religion where you going to start? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll start with the move because I feel like that was the turning point in my life. My entire, like, so I was born in Westchester, New York, about 30 minutes from the city. And I lived there, like, my entire life. And one day I'm told that I'm moving to Alabama. And... I was terrified. I was like, I've never even moved before. I'm going to a different school. Like, I was so set in my ways. I had the same friends for years. And when I moved, it was just, I could feel like I dressed different than people. Like, things were off. Things weren't necessarily the same. Um, And it was just the environment. And I never realized how hard it would be, like, starting over and starting new. But I think I also realized, like, I get to start new. This is a chance where, like, I should make the best version of myself. Um, But I definitely did struggle. I went through some depression and I went through some other stuff. But as terrible as it all was, I feel like I wouldn't be the person that I am today without that happening. And... I honestly wouldn't take it back because I don't think I'd be half as strong as I am right now if I didn't have to go through all of that crap. Um, so So what, what prompted you to move? Like you were in 10th grade, you were in New York. So my dad, um, his job. Mm-hmm. And like none of us wanted to go. He turned down the job three times and they mm-hmm. kept coming to him. And he got laid off at IBM. So he was like, I, I need this. You know, it was a year that he didn't have a job. And my mom cried every single day. Yeah. And my mom is very religious and she believes in fate, as I really believe in fate as well. And my mom was on the plane crying the first time she went to Huntsville. And she was like praying and she was like, God, like, please send me a sign. 
and there was a Kate Spade in the mall, and my dad goes to my mom, take a picture in front of it. And my mom turns behind her, and it says, Good, goodbye New York, hello Huntsville. And my mom's like, wow, this is a really obvious sign. Yeah. It is a really obvious sign. <laughs> like, like, this is an actual sign. Um, so I, I definitely do feel like it was meant to be. And, like, I don't know, like, for anyone who's going through a hard time now, like, I feel you, I've been there, but I truly believe that the hard times we go to really form the best of us as a person. They really help us mature, and they really help us gain a lot of insight. I just went on a tangent, but... (laughs) I did theater probably since the age I was six, and I had a outside theater group I'd always go to, and I was always entertained there. Well, Alabama didn't have the same options as well as, like, voice lessons and, like, theater and all of that. So I, like, kind of had that missing, and I had, like, all these friends missing and, like, my creative outlet almost. Um, and then... It was a lot just, like, being in a different house and, like, having to, like, sell the house that, like, I grew up in and being in, like, this strange place. And I went to a private school, and it it was my sophomore year. So a lot of people came in as freshman year, and everybody, like, already had their groups. So it was just, like, challenging, too, in the social aspect. And... The people are just different views. They act different. They tend to be less blunt than New Yorkers. Um, So it was just like a different social scene as well. So there was just like a lot of anxiety about like, what if I do the wrong thing just because I'm not like them? And I actually feel like that experience did help me get over my social anxiety because I had to face it. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize, you know, like just be yourself. And like as cliche as it sounds, if somebody doesn't like you, then that's their loss. Like, you you need to stay true to yourself. You can't be something else just to make other people happy. Like, if they don't like you for who you truly are, they don't deserve to be friends with you. And I think that's, like, a big lesson I learned there, too. I have a question for you. I'm just wondering, did anyone, like, um, hold, like, you being from New York against you? Like, that's kind of, like, a weird way to frame it. Or were they, like oh, like, you're from New York. Wow, that's so interesting. Like, tell us about New York. Because I grew up mainly in Pennsylvania, and I always thought it was so cool when someone would tell me, like, oh, I'm from California. Or, like, oh, I'm from this place that I've never been to. And I'm like, wow, like, what is your life like? That's so interesting. Like, I want to know about you. And I was always, like, so jealous of that. So is that something you Um, experienced? Like, very few people were actually – okay, so very few people were like, oh, what was it like? But, like, a lot of, like, my friends kind of, like, they're very sarcastic, but they almost used it, like, in an insulting way. Like, oh, like, oh, 
that's weird. You do that because you're from New York. Or, like, they'd always make fun of me and be like, I'm Alessia, I'm from New York. And be like, that's your only personality trait. And, like, like clothing? Like, just, like, what being would they from make New York. Like, 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 oh, I'm from New York. Just, like, like making fun Ew. of, like, me, I guess. Because I guess, like, I would get to tell stories, but, like, yeah, when I was back in New York. And, like, they kind of just, like... That's where you live. And then... <laughs> so it was, but, like, other people that yeah. were around, like, were interested. But, like, that group, it was more of, like, oh, New York. It's, it's dirty there. It's this. Interesting. But they also had another person in the friend group who was from New York, so I think maybe they, like, already got their New York questions answered. I don't know. Huh. The New York <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that would not be my reaction at all. No, so it was definitely, like, that was also weird, too. Huh. Okay. Yes. I'm, like, pressing buttons. What are they doing? That's, like... It's actually very interesting as a perspective. I've never even considered like how would it look like if Maseo wasn't like Yeah, if he wasn't. It sound like we're talking to a ghost, does it sound like Yeah, it sound like we're talking to each other most of the time? Like there's just weird there's probably just very long pauses actually. That's probably what it probably like really Alessi says something really long pause. Julia says something really long pause. And you out here like hi Drew say like two words pause. Yeah, it doesn't sound like I'm talking to Miss A actually. It just sounds like <clears throat> I'm gonna pass. And then and then someone else. <laughs> yeah. Are we still rolling? Oh uh, yeah, I pressed I press I press record now. <laughs> okay. Okay. I am uh what's the next? A religion? I know you want to talk about religion too. No, you. Well, I wanted to ask you, Alessia, oh, also oh, about oh. like it's the Weed of Niggas podcast. Like you were talking earlier about like racism in and around uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. So. Um, and so I was curious, like I don't know. Yeah. What that was like, I guess moving into that space, also thinking about that. What was like, what was novel? What was not novel? Uh, I don't know. Just like your perspective on it. Yeah. So I guess. I was raised very sheltered. I grew up in a, like, white suburban area in Westchester, New York. It was very cliche, very bubblish. I did not really have much exposure. And when I moved to Alabama, I went to a private school, so it was also primarily white, and I feel like I didn't really have, like, my first, like, big big exposure to like a lot of people until I came to college because I was just so sheltered and when I moved to Alabama um there was nothing that like I really noticed too much but my mom's friend um she's black and she says she feels like comfortable in the city we're in because like the space center's there we have like NASA we have like a Facebook data center, like there's a lot going on, so a lot of people are moving in. So she's just telling me that like she feels entirely comfortable like in the city. But when she went like 30 minutes out, there was like the KKK and people were giving her like uncomfortable looks and she just like was like, it was a little bit scary and like I wouldn't really go back there alone if I had to. But I feel like, I don't know if it's just cause like I'm so sheltered but I feel like I haven't really picked up on anything big where I'm from. I mean, there's a few, like, Confederate flags. I've also seen, like, 
at work, like I used to work at Chick-fil-A and a lot of our managers were black and we would see people not listening to the managers, especially the ones who were black and a woman. Um, they did not listen to them and they were just like kind of acting like it didn't really matter what they said and I would like be there like in the side and like just feel terrible for these people. Like they are management, they should be listened to like no matter what. That makes sense. Yeah. Shout out to Aretha. Aretha. She, she was my uh, assistant manager. <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant Aretha Franklin. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shout out to her, too. Yes. Yeah, shout out to her, too. Shout out to her, too. Shout out to Haribo Gummy Bears sponsoring the podcast today. Certainly not, but I, <laughs> I, I was thinking it would be like really noisy to like start like eating them out of the bag, so I was like... After she stops talking, I'll dump them out on my desk. Oh my Are we also doing some ASMR with gummy bears today? <laughs> <laughs> per request by Julia. I, I love ASMR. Julia, would you like a really? gummy bear to do ASMR? Yeah, I, I like it relaxes me. I'll like watch it at night or I'll just like listen to it and put it on my pillow. And it's so nice. Really? You I get, hate it. You just get like the head tingles, body tingles. It makes chills. me shake. I like in a bad way. Well, there are different types of ASMR triggers. It just terrifies me. Maybe, like, one works for you and another doesn't. Like, there's, like, nail taps. There's, like, different types of sounds that you can do. There's, like, visual ASMR as well, which is just, like, lights flashing different which ways and that. Sounds terrifying. If it's not for you, it's not for you. No, but I'm glad I'm glad you enjoy it. I do. What's your favorite type of ASMR? Um, I like them all i think if you had to pick a favorite um drew i'm taking a selfie drew drew i like it i know that there's one that i actually don't like i don't really like it and i think it's like like chewing Degradation? Is what? that how you say the word? Degrading? Yeah. Like what? They'll like say words to you. To degrade you? To degrade <laughs> you. You get verbal abuse ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And they're like, you're so bitchy. Oh my god. And they'll like, and there's like, there's like fast trickers too where they talk to you really fast, but it's like inaudible. And I don't really like that as well because it's just. Like, or they do, like, your makeup super fast. I don't really like that. I'm more into, like, the slow, relaxing. Yeah, I don't like the fast Don't one. say mean names. Don't call <laughs> me mean names. ASMR. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. You should check it out if you're interested. Shout out ASMR. Josie B. ASMR <coughs> is my favorite <coughs> ASMR. ASMR channel <laughs> if you're into that or want to explore. Hmm. Are you okay, Miss Ayo? Yeah, I just like <clears throat> inhale sugar from a rebo gummy bear. <laughs> oh no. Just, just Not the haribo gummy bear. <laughs> that's a that's a trigger. It's a chew trigger. I don't I can't listen to people chewing. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I'm just saying like ASMR. I don't know how people do that. That's another one. This is another one. Does that sound good? No. It sounds clear, though. Oh. It's a good microphone. That's another one. Or brushing the microphone. No. So we're not, we're not going to do this. What's the ASMR channel you were talking about? 
Josie B A S M R. It's with a C, not an S. Spell it out. J O C I E B. The letter. Go ASMR. check out Josie B A S M R, guys. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Supporter channel. Mm. She used to be a Florida native in Miami, and then she moved to, I think, Los Angeles. She's in California. Oh wow. Well, we support you here, Josie. Doing great things, Josie. Thanks, Josie. Love you. I love. Phenomenal woman. Phenomenal. We like that word here. Love <laughs> What else? So, you were also talking, Alessia, about like uh, the differences in like body image standards when you moved from from New York to Alabama. Yeah. So. What was that like for us? Like, can you tell us about how it was like for you, rather? Sorry. Like when I think about my childhood and where I grew grew up in New York. It was the most fucked up place. Like, I thought it was normal growing up there, but just looking at it, like, everybody was just, I like to call it, like, a mini Beverly Hills, kind of. So, like, people were, like, so fixated, like, with their self-image and fixated, like, with their money. And, like, even in, like, second grade, there were kids, like, fighting about their money. And I just thought it was normal, but it really fucking wasn't. And I guess, like, so when I was, like, in seventh, eighth grade, I started, like, to kind of, like, notice myself more and, like, what I looked like and people around me. And, like, everyone was, like, a stick. Like, very, very skinny. And I was, like, 115 and 5'2", so I was at a good weight. And I thought I was fat because these girls would be under 100 pounds, which weren't healthy. And one of my close friends at the time, I caught her throwing up in the bathroom at lunch and she lost, she went to like 90 pounds and she was about what I was. And it was like a normal, which was sad. Um, I knew a lot of other people who were like that, but the most fucked up part about it was when this girl went to her friend's house, the parents would say, you look so great, you should lose more weight. And they were kind of like promoting it. You know, and then like my other friend saw this girl getting praised and then she started to lose weight and she had to like go to a treatment center and she's still in recovery and this was a while ago and it was just like my self image was super fucked up because even though like thankfully I never did fall down a path like that, even though I will say at times I was close because of the environment I was in, I still did feel terrible about myself. I considered myself Bad. I thought you had to be under a hundred pounds to be skinny, which is ridiculous. That is not healthy, and I totally realize that now. Um, but I think it's definitely carried over with me because it was like something that was ingrained in me as a child. And when I moved, people were like, "Wow, you look great! Like you're so skinny." And I was like, "I don't understand this. Like I don't see it." And then like I kind of realized like how fucked up these town standards were. And that, like, it's normal and it's healthy. Like, you shouldn't be all bones. And, like, what these people are doing is wrong. And it's, they're damaging the mental health of their kids, trying to get them to this fake image. Like, most, I, I was once touring a college and I sat in on a sociology class and the professor was saying that most of the models that we see in magazines, it's, like, ten different body parts from different people put together. 
what we're seeing in these magazines aren't even real. It's not even possible to look that good. And you now you have these kids who are aspiring to look like that. Meanwhile, you're already in a town where the parents are encouraging weight loss. Like, it's a very toxic environment. So yeah, I'm honestly... Impossible standard. Yeah. And it just puts so much stress on these kids. Like, a lot of these kids were dealing with depression and anxiety, and I could see why. Um, even though the parents had money, it wasn't a money thing. It was the environment around them. Um, but I guess when I moved, I kind of felt better about myself because I realized, like, why have I been putting all of this pressure on me? Like, just because a few people in this small town think something about me, why should I let that affect me? Like, there's more to me, like, this isn't everywhere. Like, these crazy body standards. Like, I need to be more supportive of myself and, like, be healthy. But, like, even now, like, I did lose a lot of weight recently. And I've been trying again. And as I go up on the scale, there's, like, a part of me that gets scared when it grows up, like, goes up. Even though I know it's, like, what I need to do. And I need to gain another, like, 5 to 10 pounds. But it just terrifies me. And I just feel like things ingrained if you as a child like you can try to work on them and they will get better but there's always something like some part of like they're always going to stick with you in some way so I feel like that was like a big like experience with my body image and it's a lot better than it has been in the past but I definitely don't think I'd be half the person I was without that move yeah. do you see like aside from like the like when you look at the scale and like you seeing like yourself gaining weight, do you see other like remnants of like those anxieties still? I mean, I think this is something we all do, but comparisons. I mean, sometimes like if I'm just having a really bad day and I see some like a girl walk by and she looks great, I'll be like, oh, I look like shit. And like I'll get in my head and I'll start being like, well, I'm not them. I'm not this. But then I think I just step back and... I'm like, no, you're not them, you're not this, you're you. And that's all you need to be. Like, you don't need to be anybody else. Like, okay, you didn't put makeup on this morning. That's fine, you're you. You don't need to hate yourself because you didn't put makeup on. Like, you woke up late, it's okay. So kind of just like, I think I've learned more to like take a step back and be like, we're all different and we're all creative and we're all beautiful in our own way. And we need to like spend time on finding ourselves instead of just pretending to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Do you feel like that's something, I don't know, you see a lot of people struggling with though in general? Like how do you think about that like I more largely? I do. I feel like, I feel like everybody in some way has some sort of body insecurity. Mm -hmm. I think everyone alive, I think if somebody told me they didn't, I would think they were lying. I think it's a very prevalent issue, especially in young girls. Um, I would say like to everyone, but I do feel like it definitely there's a very high demographic because of the type of things, the type of way they make women look in magazines. Mm -hmm. So I think that definitely does yeah, movies, target. I feel like it's not just magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, magazines, TV, it's everywhere. Social media, too, has yeah. also made it worse. So I feel like body image across all adolescents, regardless of gender, is also making it worse. Um, so I think it's more prevalent than ever. Because, at, like, if, before social media, you couldn't, like, you weren't constantly reminded of this. And then kids get phones earlier now. 
So they're gonna what have an Instagram at ten and be scrolling through pictures of like, like I don't know, like Kylie Jenner and like all these people and be like, why don't I look like them? Why am I not that skinny? I think it's a very prevalent issue, and I think it's something that we need to talk to like about more. We need to talk to these kids when they're in like not nine ten and like kind of help them build their self esteem up. We need to offer them support. We need to offer them ways to make them feel good about themselves and let them know what you're seeing isn't healthy. Yeah, and I, feel, I can only imagine it's, it's like further exacerbated, like yeah. with COVID and being indoors and really being on social media so much, like TikTok. Yeah. Like things that just kind of like pull us in entirely into the world of like how the people look. Like I think it was always an issue, but I'm going to say with like media, like social media is great in some ways, but it definitely... <clears throat> does make a lot of things worse such as like mental health has been worse and all this stuff which is the same thing like with the body image like yeah it's really making people's mental health go down um and i feel like that's a reason why like body dysmorphia is such a big thing now i think it's the media and all like the portrayal because like even as children like when i had those thoughts like as a kid it was because I saw everybody around me and they were skinny and then I saw people on TV and they were skinny and I saw like everything else and it was skinny so it's like is this a normal and I feel like when you're a kid being exposed to that you're like oh this is normal Mm -hmm. this is normal but it shouldn't be normal yeah no it definitely shouldn't no it's an unhealthy standard yeah it's harmful it is Cause then you have these kids like who are like starving themselves and like I, my sister had an eating disorder and she was fairly young like she was around like 15 I've heard of kids who had like 12 like it's starting younger and younger and it's really terrifying like mental illness that was like a pandemic and I feel like it's terrifying yeah no, I agree I think like mental illness and mental health are so scary like just like the, the ambiguity around it like as much as we don't yeah. understand it like I feel like it's something that's really hard to get a handle on um, mm-hmm. because we don't really have, like, people like, oh, we don't have enough therapists, we don't have enough this, but I feel like we don't even have, like, enough of, like, an understanding. No. So, like, even if we have, like, a million, like, plus, like, mental health, like, people there available to us to help us, that we necessarily still not just be trying to support each other through it rather than, like, getting a clear sense of, like, why our experiences are the way they are. I think the very challenging thing of mental health is like so when you talk like about like a medical illness people present similar symptoms even though they might be slightly different it's similar but mental health since you're dealing with somebody's emotions Mm -hmm. it's different for everybody it comes out like depression can display like this and somebody can display like this and somebody so i think it's since there's not as much of like a standard like it's hard and like also like the diet like even like curing depression like yes I've been on meds yes I've went to therapy but it's still something I'm gonna have to deal with and that's like the hard thing like so many people like depression is a constant struggle even if they get a little bit better you know it can come back and I think that's what's truly terrifying I'm like still choking on sugar from these gummy bears. <laughs> You're fine. Oh my God. That I was like inhaling. <laughs> or the ASMR. Shout out to Juicy B. 
Josie B. Josie B. Josie B. Juicy J. Juicy Couture. <laughs> Juicy J. Um, for what you were just saying, Alessia, um, I think that psychiatrists and psychologists, while mental health is a field that is always developing and changing and psychologists are changing their diagnostic workbook workbooks to yeah. have to envelop more of these symptoms they're seeing they do have like a baseline of people who will like fit into like a certain mental health disorder that they like can diagnose but like I definitely agree that it is different people experience mental health differently absolutely 100% um I am really curious though about your high school administration um and i'm so concerned hearing all of these females suffering this and just the environment that they're in and i'm wondering like how are they able to study like how are they able to get these grades in this good school um if they couldn't eat and if they wouldn't eat in the cafeteria (laughs) and they would just i don't know what the yeah. culture is around there, but had did the administration not notice? And also, yeah, for the guys, was this also like put on the guys? Like, oh, you need to be buff, like take steroids or whatever the yeah. um, flip side would be for them. Yeah, where the guys fit into um, all this. Yeah. So, I guess so. The administration actually, I will say something about New York because I'm going to compare it to my school in Alabama because that was more alarming. But yeah. in New York, they realized that it was a mental illness, and New York was more of a place where this is when there was more of a stigma around mental illness. There obviously still is, but this was when I was in high school, so about like what, like five, six years ago? I don't know. This is like <laughs> freshman year, so I don't yeah. know, whenever. Yeah. But um, freshman year of high school. Yeah, freshman year of high school. Like, like seven years. Ago. Yeah, so. There was this huge stigma, but I feel like New York didn't have as much as a stigma. So, like, I think starting, like, in sixth grade, they bring in, like, suicide awareness speakers to talk to us. Like, here's signs to look at. Here's, like, bullying PSAs. Here's all this. Like, they definitely tried to be, like, look for these signs. So they did try to help in ways. But I think also, like, a lot of these kids, they weren't going to the school. They were hiding. And, like, me as being a kid, it was like I knew it was wrong, so I'd tell my mom... But, like, I didn't want to be the snitch going to the principal, as fucked up as that was. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. nobody else did. So I was like, am I the only one who thinks this weird? Is there something wrong with me? Like, because nobody, I was like, is this normal? Could they see, like, in the grades, though? Like, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, if you're not getting the nutrition you need, there has to be some effect on the brain. I don't know because uh, I mean I, I yeah I'm I don't know sure. how you would know but I'm just but like, yeah no that how, is interesting how though. could they not notice no that is yeah. interesting well I did have a friend who soft freshman year she had to leave because her eating disorder got bad and her grades were bad so she had to go to a hospital um and she was there for a while but so there there are those extreme cases <laughs> but like the first girl I told you about she someone throwing up yeah she didn't yeah. get help uh, what happened was I talked to my mom about it and she lived across the street so I <laughs> she was like saying like oh I need I, like she's like oh I'm not eating today I'm just drinking water and I'm like I want to say one oh take, take her name out <laughs> I was like <laughs> I want to say one thing to you like 
your face, I was like, you look like you're about to pass out. And I was like, I was like, I can see your bones. And I was like, I love you and you're beautiful, but, but I want you to be healthy. And like, and she, and then she looked at me and she's like, is it bad? And I was like, I would go to a doctor. And then she, she like told me she made an appointment and her mom wasn't very present in her life. So when she lived across the street, like my mom tried to talk (coughs) to her mom about it. So she ended up getting better, but it was like, I had to have that tough conversation because nobody else was willing to. Because she was just telling me, like, oh, I'm not going to eat today. I'm going to go on just, like, a water diet for a week. And I was like, you really don't need that. Like, you you need to eat. How old were you? Ninth grade. So, what are you, like, 14? That's crazy. Yeah, that must have been Yeah, but then... So, they tried the most, but... Oh, for the guys? I don't really think there really was that Mm. much of an emphasis on the guys. Um, Yeah, because we weren't, like, a huge sports school. I mean, like... A lot of guys did work out, but I feel like the ones who didn't, like, I didn't see them being ridiculed. But also, like, I wasn't really close with that many guys, so maybe mm-hmm. I just wasn't feeling it because I wasn't in that environment. So as far as the guys, I don't know. But one thing I will say is my school in New York did handle it better than Alabama. In Alabama, they stigmatize mental health, and the services there are not great. Wow. And oh my God. it was very bad because... um. The year before I went to my school in Alabama, I found this out my not a lot like right before I graduated, and this happened like when I was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Somebody at the school killed themselves. They never had an assembly about it, never talked about it. And they just yeah, they just swooped under mm-hmm. the rug, never brought it up. Wow. And I remember like when I was there, I once had a therapy appointment, so I came into school with the note, and the lady at the front desk she laughed and she goes. I'm surprised you didn't rip off the top. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, everybody here and they give me notes from therapy, they rip off the office so we don't know that the kids go. And this was just like the secretary at school. And she was like, yeah, like these parents don't want their kids to know, their, like don't even want administration to know their kids are going to therapy. And like, That's when I was just up. dealing with stuff like emotionally, like the school just didn't handle it well and it made it worse like one of my friends was in a really bad place like had to be hospitalized many times and like the therapist told her like oh I can't help you like at the school she's like you're a lost cause like and they weren't very helpful and I know like because she told her she's like you're too much for me to handle like I didn't sign up for this because my friend had was bipolar Mm -hmm. and she's like I can't can't handle you um but I think I wrote my freshman, my junior year, I was like, got very passionate about like speaking up with mental illness since it's been in my family for a while. I've experienced with some my sister and some stuff. And I wrote my research paper about families and how families deal with mental illness and how um, mental illness affects a fam- the family members emotionally, but also like genetic wise what it can do for a family, how a lot of families end up in divorce. And I had a speaker, um, it was my mom's friend who had a child of bipolar. And she's been to schools all around, like talking about it. She made uh, um, an independent film about it. Oh yeah, do you know what it's called? Yeah, it's called No Letting Go. I don't know where to find it. I know we do have a copy at home. It's very hard to watch, but it's this beautiful movie. So I talked to my English teacher about like, can we bring her in? Because she offered to come to my school. 
And she's like, yeah, like, I'll be the staff to support you. And we went to talk to administration, and they're like, we're not ready for this conversation. Mm. Like, we can't address mental illness when, like, I knew multiple people in that school who were hurting themselves or had tried to kill themselves or were going through a lot, and they just wouldn't address it. They swept it under the rug. Like, my friend was out for, like, two two weeks at a mental hospital, and, like, they just, like, didn't even, like, when she came back, they didn't even check in on her, and they were just like, oh, you have to get all this work done. Like, no regard for her health or her mental illness. Yeah. So, so even though, like, there was a lot of prevalent issues, I feel like they definitely did handle it better. But I feel like, especially since, like, we were a private school and we had a good reputation, they swept things under the rug. Because they... Because if other parents knew that we were all struggling mentally, they wouldn't want to send their kids there. So I mm. think it was also the school suppressing it, like, no, we For don't want to address this. Like, yeah, like, we don't want to be the school known as having all these mental health problems. Mm. That makes sense. That's a shame. Yeah. That, that kind of becomes, like, the, the concern taking priority of, like, the actual well-being of the kids yeah. coming here to be educated. Cause it kind yeah, of just, like, yeah. If you're not prioritizing them, like, what's really the, the worst look? Yeah, like, the school's supposed to take care of the kids, not essentially. You should be care about them. You shouldn't be making them worse. I feel like the parents that, that really do care about their kids are going to be more inclined to send their kids there with that reassurance that you're actually, like, taking a proactive stance towards it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's, yeah, like, a absolutely. private school, and the funny thing is they, like, focus on, like, in their mission statement, like, we cater to each child's needs. You mean academic needs. You don't mean their well-being. You should want these kids to be okay. You should be promoting a safe and healthy learning environment, not the opposite. Yeah. yeah I definitely agree with that. I want people to feel comfortable and people to feel at home. Yeah. No, and it was just like a cycle. Like, it had been going on for years, and just like, it, like, people in the public schools, like, I knew some of them, and they were just in so much better place. Like, everyone in my private school was just, like, spiraling out for some reason. And I think it was also, like, just the environment of the school. You think it was, like, an academic environment? Like, what the do you think? academic environment, but also just, like, the kids in the environment. Mm. Like, they were definitely very wealthy kids. And my mom sent me there because I was coming from... I went to public school in New York, so it was also that transition. And it was because, like, New York does have better schools than Alabama, yeah, so that's why that. I went to a private school, but like the public school teacher was really like, like yeah, the, I went the to. Principal. So we met with the principal of the public school because my mom just wanted to like get an idea, like what are our options, mm-hmm. and that's she because my mom's like if we don't have to pay twenty k a year for public for private school that would be great. Like you went to public school, yeah. and also this goes into the um, entire thing you were talking about with racism because. We were, like, hearing these things when I moved in, like, oh, yeah, um, to Huntsville High, they are busing in some black kids mm-hmm. to the schools. It's, like, like the, like, like integration, like, they're almost, like, in- like they're just integrating the school now. Mm-hmm. Which we were, like, are they really, like, this behind? That it was, like, 26, 2015, and you're integrating a school now? So, like, that was a big, like, recent thing. My mom was, like, this is weird. Like, are they, like... Like, what are their views this school? Like, what's going on? Um, but they also, the woman also told us, like, you have a New York education. Like, it's way better than anything here. 
like you're gonna take honors classes and you're gonna learn nothing so she kind of was like don't come here um so that was part of it too but yeah I don't know I feel like my high school was definitely a very toxic like both high schools I went to was definitely very toxic and I'm definitely glad I'm out of that environment because they were toxic in their different ways yeah I hear that I think that even like I don't know exactly what you had to say before Julia about like education but I feel like that's relevant to what we're talking about now if you have something you want to chime in um even just thoughts well (laughs) I kind of wanted to have a conversation with like you me and me because I think we all went to we all had like could weigh in on boarding school or or public school boarding school whatever and like the differences Catholic high school I think yeah. yeah, so I thought that would have been interesting, but my. I mean, you could just talk about like like mental health even and like you went to the George School mental health at the George School. Sure. Um. So, there also was mental health prevalence at George School. It's a school, Quaker school in Newtown, Pennsylvania. Um, I would say not to the extent that Alessi was talking about in New York or Alabama. Um, And it was, from what I could see, like there were individuals from like their own backgrounds um, who would come to the school from all over the world and they would have their own experiences that they would carry on and share with their friends at the school um one and i think it was mainly with the females if we're talking about not mental health in particular but just eating just yeah body image eating disorders um an example of this is i had a really good roommate from china Sorry, wait. I'm gonna pause it and like rewind our new tracks. So I know it's gonna end. Oh, it's so creaky. Don't yeah, it is it. quite creaky. Okay. Did you start? Yeah, I did. But it's alright. How long was the last one? It was like 60 minutes. Hmm. Didn't feel like 60 minutes. Oh, wow. It was like intermittent, like the first 20 minutes, like was like us discussing how we're gonna start it and like <laughs> why the n-word and then oh there's not even audio <laughs> <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna pull us back in then like into the conversation yeah yeah I mean you were just talking about being at the George school um and body image like what it looks like there is that just what you mean yeah I thought you were gonna like introduce the whole podcast again. Oh, you want me to? I can. No, I don't know. Like, hey, everybody, welcome to the We the Niggas podcast. This is uh, I guess I probably just won't say what ep- what episode it is because I don't know when I'm gonna release it. But this is my third recorded podcast episode. I interviewed Isaac, my other room, one of my roommates, Isaac Kelly, and then I interviewed it a crossover episode with Thomas Downs last week. And then we have this impromptu 407 podcast episode where I get the privilege of talking to Alessia 
about her life and her move from New York to Huntsville, Alabama, and Julia Smith about life <laughs> alongside us. Yep. And mental health and everything else we're talking about, racism, the N-word, the word nigga, and whatever else there's to talk about. And, you know, how we got to be where we are now. Mm. And they're probably going to edit or maybe just not say all these things. Maybe we record an intro, but <laughs> that's the gist. And now I'm pulling us back in to Julia giving us the scoop. Yes. Thank you for that tie-in, Maceo. Um, my pleasure you know I pride myself <laughs> on my ability to tie us things back together you know yeah it's a talent the turtles are are fully being used to power Japan <laughs> absolutely those turtles are crazy ten thousand dollars everyone ten thousand dollars for a bok turtle 10k 10k but yeah you can continue it so that's such a weird story you're fine no the wordle was weird sorry wordle of the day if you haven't done it, Tuesday, April 19th, um, go do it before you l- listen to me spoil it. It is foyer. It's very dumb. So explain to me how Wordle works. I actually I haven't done live. it because it kind of okay. con- confused me the first time I did so it. So you do a five-letter word, anything you want. Mm-hmm. And if it turns green, then you put the letter in the right place. It turns yellow, you have the correct letter, but it's in the wrong place. And if it's gray, it's not in the word. And you just have to, like, move around. And you have and six guesses. Yeah. Only six? Yeah. Isn't that so few? But it's five letters. So. It's five letters, and then, it, like, it, it'll, like, let you know, like, if you have correct letters as you're going. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds stressful to me. I got it on the last one. Foyer was a weird one. It is foyer. I realized that... We're not live, so there's no point in me saying go do the wordle. I mean, we're recording. But people aren't listening. Yeah, right but it's now. not like we're gonna post it within the next fifteen. Oh yeah, minutes. but I like I like the date thing, like saying this is when it was recorded. I kind of yeah, feel like that. Yeah, we should oh, do that. Eleven thirty, April nineteenth. Four twenties and twenty nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know we'll what that celebrate means, everybody. everyone. Cheers! Cheers is all we have to say. Clink clink. Clink clink. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> That's our studio audience, in case you didn't know. We are production value here on the We Them Niggas podcast. Wait, well, you, you need to get the laugh tracks. Maybe I'll we'll have to add that. Like, we need to add laugh. You need to add laugh tracks. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> we, what do you mean? It could be like iCarly. It could be like iCarly. Julia. Or like Hannah Montana, where they have like the live the live crowd. Like, it's just sound effects thrown in there. Up in the morning with laugh tracks, that would be terrifying. That would be horrifying. <laughs> I'm gonna tell Drew to do it. That'd, That'd be, be really good. I think it would be like am- amusing. You like you go you go. Julia, we had a sleepover. I should have woke her up to the laugh tracks. And the sleepover would have been like when you had to work that one day, nine a.m. Julia, I feel like we digressed so far. What? I feel like we digressed so far. Yeah, but I just, I wanted to give it to you I so didn't... you could put it next to the Oh, that's true. That's good. No, I had them all, actually. You're yeah. right. Thank you. Here, I didn't realize wait, you were wait, trying wait, to add wait, them yeah. to my catalog of sounds. We need other sounds. Wait, I don't know. Here, 
Well. Okay, I have another one. I have one if people don't, um, oh, it's, this is booing noises if anything bad happens on here. It's fine. I know I made a face, but it's just like loud in my ears. That's <laughs> <laughs> because like... it's because like, I have the headphones on. Like it doesn't matter, but it was quite alarming. <laughs> You're fine. Anyway, to answer your question about George Floyd mental health, I think there there oh, was a prevalence of mental health. I don't mean to stop you now, but we're gonna have to reach this conversation. We were putting on YouTube sounds. I was gonna put on a beat to freestyle to. Oh. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Are we, are we freestyling now? We'll switch up. I feel like, why not, you know? Okay. You know, like... Okay. Freestyle what George's going to hold. You could. <laughs> but do you like this beat? I like the beat. Yeah, I like the beat as well. Oh, yeah? So are you guys going to freestyle with me? Maybe. Potentially, you'll freestyle with me. I like the sound of that, indeed. Yeah, we're talking about the health that's mental. I need a dentist. Come check out my dental. Uh, yeah. We made stir fry for dinner. It was pretty good. The rice was kind of undercooked. I won't lie. Could have put more water in the pot. Intimidated, like it or not. I'm trying to cook more. I'm trying to expand my palate. Yeah. I'm freestyling here with Julia and Alessia, yeah, 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 on the We Them Niggas podcast, yeah, what will they say, yeah, yeah, talk about this and that, talking about that and this, freestyling these words, yeah, these words that, yeah, they miss, I'm trying to sing right now, singing sometimes need a crown. I poop, I'm the man in town, like who's gonna wipe my ass right now? It's me, I'm responsible for me, yeah, 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 I wipe my ass indeed, I do it all for me, can't have a stinky ass, you don't want that, don't wanna walk around smelling like some shit, yeah, that'd be some shit, like it or not, you can't have that shit in your pants, gotta wipe that shit clean. Gotta do what you got to be clean. Gotta keep up that what that hygiene. Uh, yeah. For the puberty, I wasn't sweating so much. After puberty, I was sweating a bunch, and I smelled like some shit sometimes. Can't lie, now I shower a little bit more frequently. I try not to smell like shit. I wave my ass, you know, I do that shit. I brush my teeth occasionally. I do it. Just kidding. It's more frequent. My teeth smell bad at one point too. The cavities hurt. Now I'm more responsible in the dirt. Uh, I come back and take a shower, get clean. After good attempt, I have a good, good time. Yeah, it's all right to get dirty. Yeah, you gotta get clean. Uh, yeah, you gotta get clean. Uh, Cause you know what that means. Uh, you know, thinking about things. Uh, so 
girls from the team talking about mental health at the school, school but we had a freestyle interlude or Mercedes freestyle and they said they might jump in yeah, too, but I'm just, not I'm sure. But I'm gonna throw it up in the air. See what happens when we go from here. Wait, 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 wait. You guys are just out at all. Okay, okay, right. Oh, are you gonna freestyle with us? Okay, I have another one. Another one is people don't. Um, yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Oh. Okay. About our occupations. Tell me about your job. <laughs> That's not the No, our future jobs. Okay. What are we gonna do after college? I really don't know, but I wanna see where we can go. You know? This is an hour boom track? If you were to do something, what would it be? I think a teacher might be cool. We'll see. How about you? I heard you wanna be an actuary. It's pretty cool. <laughs> actually. Facts. I I feel like I could definitely explore the actuarial path. For sure. But I also like the stats. Stats is pretty cool. But I also want to find myself and I really want to travel. Hmm. Where'd you travel to? I want to go everywhere. I, I want to experience. I want to experience. I want to explore. I want to... Australia! Australia! <laughs> Why not? I would love to go to Australia. I, I would I would love to go to <laughs> I'm just talking though. We're trying, we're trying. Yeah, Great. I appreciate it. There's no Great. critics here. <laughs> I would really love to go to Australia. Uh-huh. But there are some there really big fucking bugs. True. But don't you want to give those bugs some hugs? Mm-hmm. I would love to give hug bu- bugs hugs and see some kangaroos. What sound does a kangaroo make? Open. <laughs> not a definitely not a sound like a snake. Yeah, what? What does the kangaroo say? That's the thing I don't get. There's so many animals that we don't know what their noise what is, the but they were focusing say? on the fox. What sound does kangaroo make? Does it go roo <laughs> Alpacas sound like. Oh, kazoos. sounds. Wait, here's a video. I'm just curious. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's like heavy breathing. That's actually horrifying. Oh my god! The comments say sounds like me getting up from bed. It sounds like an old man mixed with an underdeveloped dinosaur having a hard time picking up the groceries dropped on the floor. (laughs) That is exactly what it sounds like. Let me let me show you this animal sound. (laughs) And <laughs> <laughs> we really digress. And and it's you, all right. And you're gonna tell me what animal is. Okay. Guess the animal. So when I look it up next time, I know the the beat that I played was the Sleepy Hollow Polo G type beat. I hate love, by Show Beats and produced Montclair. Love that. 
And now for our next game. <laughs> you ready? Koala. Yeah. Fireflies. I thought it would be like. Is this not a video game? <laughs> Sorry. Is it like a, 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 a hamster? No, here, let me Sounded see. Sounded like it. a bug, like buzzing or something. So, I was gonna, it's more spread out. I'm gonna find a clip where it's like. Put it on the, on the Ew, front side of the literally. Oh, Put it on the front it side literally of the sounds like a shooting game. That's what I thought. I thought it was like Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> uh, not Battlestar Galactica, whatever that game is. Galactico? I don't know. Battlestar Galactica is like, I feel like a show. Literally, I'm. I thought about so... it like like a momentary karaoke. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, I'm done. Sorry, y'all. I'm burping now. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. All right, you guys talk about something else while I find this. All right. Oh, see, so do you just want to talk about religion as well? Yeah. I'm getting kind of tired, but yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, uh. So I'm going. I was. Okay, you got it. No. Okay, so <laughs> I was raised Roman Catholic. Well, I guess I feel like we should kind of tie this in. So on Sunday night we had dinner. Yes. To to celebrate Easter and Easter. Passover, as an apartment, uh, Alessia and Julia made dinner for us, and we had like a phenomenal meal. Alessia made some fried chicken cutlets. Julia had some. Pasta it's salad, some pie as well, and mm. then there was also fish in the oven that she made. Mm. It was a spectacular meal, so thank you guys again for that. But then we also had a fantastic conversation yeah. because of that. We were just talking about our relationships to God and to Jesus and, and religion. So how we got is we were talking about Easter and Passover and essentially like getting to learn like each other's experience like with this holiday, whichever one we celebrate during this time. And Isaac asked us what our relationship to Jesus is. And it striked up like a really interesting conversation. And it just made me realize like I had been raised Roman Catholic for a really long time, but I've never been the super religious type. And I am a math major. I am very like wired like very logically so I feel like for me a very hard part about religion is trying to believe in something I can't physically see um so that's where it gets super hard for me and I feel like lately like I have more of an idea where it's like I do believe that there is definitely a greater power out there I do believe that you know that there is fate I do definitely believe that things happen for a reason but like that necessarily like maybe the thing that's pushed me way away from religion was more of like the catholic church and like my grandmother was essentially in an arranged marriage and she got divorced at a young age because she was married and had kids with someone who she didn't love and according to the catholic church she shouldn't be allowed to go to mass um and like 
it just doesn't make sense because if you read these Bible readings, like Jesus accepted prostitutes, he forgave murderers, but yet these people who are gay or these people who are divorced aren't being allowed in the church, which I think is super messed up because if Jesus is all forgiving and he accepts everyone, why are we blocking them out? And I do think that, like, we were talking about the new Pope, too, and I feel like he's definitely, like, making a change. But I feel like, for me, maybe I don't identify as a Catholic just because of some of the other rules. But what, like, my mom tries to tell me is to, like, separate the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church isn't the religion. It's what you believe in. It's this greater power. It's not what other people are saying just listen to the word of god because a lot of people um are saying their own word not word of god they're going against it says in the bible that jesus will love you and forgive you and accept you for everything but the catholic church is doing the complete opposite and i was telling them that like i went to church with my mom when i was back home and the priest was like thank you for all showing up um you know because this was during COVID and he was like COVID can't get to us because we have God like Fauci doesn't know what he's saying like none of us are gonna get sick you are protected here and then a bunch of people got COVID like I get like believing in God and like being like oh I'll be okay if he's there but I think sometimes people are irrational when it comes to that like going to a church without a mask when there's a pandemic and there's over a hundred people there like if you're doing that there's no way that god's gonna make sure that you don't get covid yeah there's no way he's gonna like come and like intersect the germs like so i feel like sometimes like i get having jesus and having something to pray to to give you comfort but i feel like a lot of the times people just sit around and expect a miracle to happen and it's not like if you don't put yourself out there then it's not going to happen god could give you the strength and the courage that you need to put yourself out there but it like if i'm like oh if i pray to god and i'm like oh i want a job i want a job but i don't apply for any it's not going to like appear in front of me like someone's not going to come up to me and be like oh you're hired so I feel like that's a big thing too, and I mean, no applications I, or anything. Yeah, like I, I wish I could just pray, and then like someone just came to me and be like, "Yeah, like here you didn't apply." Facts. But like realistically, that's not how the world works, and like I get putting your faith and trust into God, but I feel like you also need to put it in yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to realize that God's gonna help you, but there's only so much He can do. He can't move your body and make you get out of bed and place a job application. That's you. Um, Yeah. So I think it's just me, like, kind of, like, now, like, figuring out. Because I used to not really associate myself with religion and be like, religion doesn't matter. But I feel like I'm coming more to terms with what I do like about the Catholic religion and what I don't like about the Catholic religion and how it may not be the right religion for me. And how I definitely do believe of something, but as far as religion, like, I know there's something out there, but I'm not entirely sure where I fully stand on it. And I definitely, like, lately do feel 
more spiritual and feel like kind of like everything is connected. So I guess it's just like me trying to figure myself out, but just like how being like raised Roman Catholic like had affected me and like I was hearing all these terrible things about the Catholic Church and at one point it made me like almost despise the relation the religion that I grew up in and like I'm better now and I understand like people are going to be people and you have to believe in God and he's a greater power like what these people are saying shouldn't get in how you think about him like he's this great power and like Jesus wasn't judgmental of all these prostitutes and these murderers like that's not who Jesus is Jesus isn't the image that the Catholic Church is portraying of the way they're acting yeah and it's not necessarily like reasonable to like essentialize one as the other yeah that makes sense I never really like we used to go to like a Roman Catholic church in Philly um, we'd go to like my grandparents but I really like stopped going there as soon as I possibly could like as soon as my grandparents stopped going I was like yeah we're not gonna keep going here. no that's the thing and it's just like since I'm over 18 I'm 22 now like my mom only asked that I go to church on holidays which I respect she's like you're 18 but it would make me happy if you were there to support so I do it I don't mind but it's just like so the Catholic priests they give homilies I'm pretty sure it's when they talk they kind of like have a lesson that they talk about once a week mm-hmm. and the priest was so unwelcoming and me and my sister were there with my mom and just how terrible we felt after this homily essentially calling everybody out saying if you don't come to church every week like you don't deserve to be here God needs more from you and like you shouldn't come up here and do communion if you don't come to church like you're a fake catholic and like it was just like this terrible talk and i was like i feel terrible when i go to that church and that's when i realized i was like church is supposed to be welcoming you're supposed to tell people like hey it's okay if you don't make it to church every week you have a busy week but you're here now and it should be like yes going to church every sunday i know like that's something that very devout catholics do but if you don't have time for that and you're busy and you go when you want, like, God should understand. He's all forgiving. And this priest was like, oh, like, basically telling me, my sister, like, you shouldn't be here. You're not real Catholics. And, like, me and my sister, we didn't get up and do do communion. Like, we both had our first communion. We could have, but we were just like, we feel uncomfortable now. Mm. And it was just, like, a very toxic environment. And I think that's when I started to realize my problem isn't with the religion. It's with the Catholic Church because... Uh, the priest that we have is very old and very like old-fashioned so he says stuff like that um and the same thing with like the entire covid comment so i think i kind of realized like that the priest isn't necessarily a depiction of god and i used to think it was as a kid mm-hmm. it's these priests like i don't know this is gonna be like very controversial but almost like these priests are interpreting God's word in a, in a completely different way and teaching us, like, what they think about it. Like, it's almost, like, biased, you know? Yeah. And how it's not truly God's word. It has a bias in it. It's like when you listen to the news. Most of the time there's a bias. You're not getting the full story. And I feel like sometimes at priests, like, there are biases. Um, and I, like, that's why I feel like for me and my religion, like, I haven't fully read the Bible, but I think that if I were to explore, I wouldn't go to church. 
and I would just read myself and explore myself because I feel like you can connect with God just one-on-one and maybe I will find a church I like but I at least know like the experiences that I've had with the Catholic Church just it's not welcoming it's not what I feel like religion should be that makes sense yeah and you were talking about like uh, your grandmother as well before now yeah yeah so she's technically like not allowed to do communion in a church because she got divorced and I mean she got married at 16 and it was like her being forced to come to the US because she was from Italy so it was like she didn't really have much say when she was put in this marriage and she just met this guy and married him right on the spot like I mean, it was indefinitely, it definitely was doomed to begin with, yeah. for the most part. Like, it was very not likely it would last. Yeah. And the fact that a decision that she was forced to make as a teenager, now she can't do communion at a church. Yeah, church she made under duress, under duress, is kind of like, yeah. at least her being penalized, I feel like. Yeah. And, like, also, it's the thing, too, about the Catholic Church that, this is also being controversial, but that they're not winging it. Like, I get that the Catholic Church is pro-life, and I may have different views, but the one thing about the pro-life argument that I don't understand is that they still don't think abortion is right for rape victims Mm -hmm. or right for incest, which I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like if they want to be supportive and they want to be this, like, they should want to be helping these victims. Like, I get it. I totally get this pro I, I get the pro-life argument even though I can see both sides but I do get the pro-life argument which is the fact that like they're not very open to this stuff or like even like if you get divorced because you're getting abused like you're still not allowed in the Catholic Church and I feel like they need to open up more of their guidelines like you're basically shunning these victims out mm. when it shouldn't be that way like you're pushing these victims farther and farther away when these victims they need religion. They need something to have faith in to heal. Yeah, they need, they need community. Yeah, like they should be welcoming these victims instead of pushing them aside. And I feel like that's something I don't like about the Catholic Church, how it isolates a lot of people. And a lot of people are leaving Catholicism because I think they're realizing, like, it's just very stringent. Yeah. Do you have anything you would like to talk about, Julia? I know you were raised Catholic. I was also raised Roman Catholic. Um, first of all, hearing that about your grandmother, that's horrible. That never should have happened. Um, do you mind me asking, like, where's your grandfather? Right so... I'm not going to get, like, super personal because it is the podcast, but I'll tell you about later. But essentially, like, things didn't work out well, and he ended up leaving, and he moved to Connecticut, and he remarried. Okay. Um, but the woman that he found is a great fit for her, for him. Like, I love her. She's an amazing woman, and she has helped him grow so much. Mm. She, my mom... When they got divorced, my mom didn't talk to my dad for over 20 years. My mom didn't talk to my grandfather for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, it was hard. But when my sister was born, um, my mom wanted our grandparents to be in our life. And 
Maria, which is the new woman that he found, who's absolutely amazing, encouraged him to reach out and was like, I know things happened between you, but you should be part of your grandchild's life. Mm-hmm. So he would come over when we were younger and him and my mom would talk and they would always bring us like these like coloring books and cannolis and like kind of really try to make it up for us and he's never missed any one of my birthdays like he's made it up because I think he realizes like we deserve a grandfather and also trying to make it up to my mom so I think he's definitely matured but like my grandma like my sister's wedding comes coming up mm-hmm. and my sister wants my grandfather there because she's like you know like he he actually did show up for me and he was part of my life and my mom's like yeah it's your grandfather of course you can yeah. and my grandmother wasn't too happy because she hasn't seen him in like 50 years mm. and she was like how could you so it like started this tip so it's like mostly between them but I feel like my mom still says that she has some sort of resentment for the way that he acted when she was a child but he she really my mom realized like how young because like he was 18 and she was 16 when they had my mom my mom also realizes like how young he was and how he has matured and how he truly is sorry yeah so not necessarily ready to let it go but to give him the forgiveness yeah so i guess just that well what an experience yeah Agreed. Thank you for asking that, Julia. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, but anyway, so my relationship with... It's... So I was raised Roman Catholic, and I wouldn't say I have much of a relationship with the faith that I was raised in or the Roman Catholic Church. I stay up to date with... Um, the news and the current pope and and everything that's going on right now you do yeah, yeah. what's currently going on if you don't like know. with with pope francis and yeah. the whole covid thing and him saying like oh protect yourself against covid yeah. and people saying it's like awesome. oh this pope is horrible like how could he say that how could he um put that out or insinuate that to all of these father followers who um, believe in God and believe in Jesus and believe that if they pray that they don't have to use preventative measures or um, they hello no someone not is the door <laughs> locked why is that your immediate hello it's, it's unlocked right what are you calling me for is that Drew Open the door. Come in. Should I just open it? Yeah, you just open it. Why? I'm so confused. This is being strange. What are you doing? Hi. Do you not hear us? No. How is Shad? You're hilarious, Isaac. Calling the sale lot. Well, like, we were like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, you need to apologize. You can join the podcast. Anyway, so yeah, there was the whole. I just keep up to date with everything, but me in particular, um, I think that I have a very unique and complicated relationship with God I would say 
and Jesus just because there are things in the Catholic faith where it's very conditional yeah. where um, there's so much guilt and shame if like you express yourself um, sexually or mm. if you express yourself that isn't within the majority of views um, if you believe in God and Jesus but sh- but you're a homosexual yeah. um, and I think growing up and just hearing all of this stuff from my mom and my church and I would attend nightly classes to get communion and then confirmation you have to take these classes to like learn about your faith and what you're supposed to do um, to educate you when you walk down and you receive your communion and you choose that name for yourself and the symbolism behind it um, it's I think it's very harmful just because if you do something wrong you're like I'm such a horrible person like what like how how can I like make it up to this thing that is all powerful Um, it's just a lot to deal with as a kid I think Um, and hearing this from other people and other faiths it's kind of this all throughout link that I'm kind of observing not through um I think there are some faiths that are different than others but I think definitely in Catholicism Christianity um and Judaism um guilt is a big theme if you if you don't pray you're supposed to say this many prayers if you do something bad you have this many um atonements that you need to do um if you don't go to church like Leslie was talking about every Sunday oh you're not a true catholic oh you're bad and it's just this damnation aspects about the religion that really don't sit well with me and I think it's something that I still struggle with to this day because I do on the one hand I want to respect where I came from and my lineage and my parents and their religion and my grandparents and my whole family Um, but then on the other hand there are things that really don't sit right with me and as I think about within the next 10 to 15 years um, having children or like what I will be passing down to people and the um, morals and values that I hold dear how how will that work um, it hasn't worked for your kids to develop their moral values you're saying Say that again? You're saying you're wondering what it's going to look like for your kids to start to learn their moral values? Like, no, I'm just thinking, like, am, like, am I going to raise my kids in a religion? Mm. Yeah. And, um, 
I thought that or too. or not. And not to say that I'm having kids anytime soon, but I just think having such a complicated um, relationship with God and my faith that it, it is something that's like on the back of my mind. Um, and like even even when I was in high school, for some reason, because to me, family is really important. And um, I think it's one of the most important things out there. Um, your your close, um, your friends, your family, all those people that you're able to to touch their heart in your world. Um, it's very important to me. So yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent there. But it's interesting. I hope good. it made sense. I mean, I think it so. Did, yeah. I think those are valid like things it. to be concerned about. I think guilt in particular is not like I don't know. It's something that people should be more conscientious of and the impact it has on them. And I definitely feel like I feel the same way, especially being raised Catholic as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just having that presence at the back of your mind of is what I'm I don't know if your mom would ever say this to you but would you ever like have that at the back of your mind where like I would picture like my mom's voice um is that what like Jesus would do or do what Jesus would do um no my mom wouldn't say that to me (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know I think my mom maybe was a little bit of a helicopter parent. She could have laid off a little <laughs> bit. But, yeah, she would always say that. And I think maybe she didn't think that I was listening. You know, little kids, they go about their day. They do what they do. But I definitely was listening. And I think that it's important for the child to have all of these tools accessible to them know about it and make their own path and yeah. decisions rather than having a bunch of information and standards shoved into their mind yeah um and expect them to obey and carry out and do these things without so much as wanting to do them or knowing why they're doing them um there's really a huge distinction in that that's so important and that's like the make or break in any religion or in any um teaching of a subject is the why you're learning it why i'm learning what like what you're saying i'm asking that's what you're saying like the like the most important thing to learn when you're teaching anything you were saying is I'm, I'm mildly distracted like hearing Isaac eat, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you're fine you're fine no I'm just saying instead of if you have so I'm talking about me because yeah. when I think of myself um I think of myself as kind of like the kid that I used to be especially when I talk mm. about religion just mm. because I, I'm not really a practicing Catholic so when I really talk about religion I'm talking about my yeah. inner child that still kind of carries those beliefs and experiences um, 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm talking about like if you were to have a child or me as a child. And I think that um, the religion that I was brought up in and my mom in particular, um, she would um, quote unquote shove these notions of what you're supposed to do, the standards Mm -hmm. of what you're supposed to do. And I think it's really important um, not to do that. It's good to have those <laughs> tools and that that information and let the child grow and choose what, yeah. what they believe, what values they hold dear, and to have examples around them um, rather than just having all of these this information and this huge weight upon their shoulders of um, this is what you need to do and if you don't do it, you're, gonna like, you're damned. Yeah. Yes, you're you horrible. You're be. going to hell um, if you don't um, genuflect. Like, there are, like, all these little rituals. What is genuflect? Yeah, I don't know what genuflect is. Genuflection is when you walk into your church and you go to your pew and you're supposed to kneel down, actually touch your knee to the floor, and you're supposed to make the sign of the cross, which is... Mm-hmm. You know this? Is, is it left the, or right first? The Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. So your forehead, is it cross your or heart, no? cross. your left yeah. side, yeah. and then your right side. And you're supposed to not do it to the priest, not do it to the statues. You're supposed to do it to the body of Christ, which is the pieces of little bread in the tabernacle. And they're just like all, all like these little things that like you're supposed to do. That's just like an example of one of them. Um, but yeah, so what I'm saying is it's important for that child to like be aware, know where yeah. they came from, but less so um, push it on them. Push it on them. Yeah, because they need to choose, they need to find what's right for them. And um, if that's what they want, then. That's great, but if it's not, then um, that's their journey that they need to take, um, and that's their experience in this lifetime, and and that's what um, they need to go through. That's their path. So, yeah, I guess that's why I keep saying that I just have this complicated relationship with God because even though I've stopped practicing as a Catholic. I still have like this inner me that was brought up in this way to like have like these like little thoughts that come into my mind like oh like you're supposed to be doing this like oh like um you have intrusive thoughts about who you feel like you should be like what you have to do in some situations yeah like so here's like a weird example of this but when I like and I actually don't know if this is an actual thing or if it's just like something hmm. my mom told me. I'll actually have to Google this. This would be interesting if we found yeah, out. I can see. But my mom said that when you yawn and you don't oh, I've heard um, like cover your mouth or like make the sign of the cross afterwards to like bless yourself or it's like superstitious basically. Isn't it if somebody like doesn't say God bless you then like you'll stop breathing or something? That's what I've, I've heard May- something like that. Maybe, but the one that she told me was that the devil can come into your mouth. Oh. Or, like, something can possess you. Something evil can come inside oh of you. Oh, my God. Um, 
and that's scary. terrifying. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> definitely don't that's think that's a scary real. thought to have as a kid. And so yeah. Oh nah. And so to this day, like I'll be yawning, doing my own thing, listening to music, studying whatever. Then you'll be like, no. And I'll be like, oh. <laughs> is it the devil me? Is 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 something inside of me right really? now? Really? Am, am I am I bad now? What's going on? Oh my god. I don't know why I'm saying it in that no. way. Yeah, I'm sure but. it's like I'm sure it's not not quite so like casual or like yeah. curious. But oh yeah, so that's just one example of. When you yawn, like you'll just be like in a library yawning, you'll, and you'll have like. Uh. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> Wait, let me search it up. Let me see if there's any research done on it. Yeah, let's see. And and it's also complicated for me in particular. I don't know if you've experienced this Alessia, or maybe you have, Masaya, or maybe you as well. Oh, Isaac entered. Isaac Kelly is now in the room. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yes, say it. Okay, whatever. Welcome, Isaac. If you want to share. You heard chewing. That was Isaac. (laughs) I don't know what I was entering into. I apologize. It's all right. I didn't kick you oh, out. Yeah. I wanted you to not be It was be in the Bible. Wow, it was in the Bible. Muhammad really? says when you yawn. Oh, is this Muslim thing? Satan enters your mouth and then laughs at you from the inside, inside of your, your body. body. Oh, it, it's. It, it's it's not Catholic, though. I'd be curious. We'll, like, have to, we'll have to yeah. find other other references. Yeah, you should ask your mom it's to like, like, what like prompted Islam. her to start it saying like that. <laughs> yeah, but um, for me in particular, what I was gonna say, <laughs> I have a complicated oh, relationship here. with my faith and God because um, well, just hold on a second because my mom also um incorporates like other religions oh. into my upbringing. So like she herself was such a um i guess devout catholic when i was younger but then she kind of like switched middle school and high school to bring other ideas of um buddhism and hinduism into my life and um wow yeah but it's very confusing because like which one am i a part of and Mm. like i know a lot about certain things but like um if like i have a thought about um that I'm supposed to be doing this because of this religion, but then the other one is like, what? Like, I'm just, I feel very torn. And I said, like, you might relate to this because I know your parents have different religions, so I don't know if you've ever had that thought. Like the conflict of, like, mm-hmm. where you stand in relation to these two different frameworks or multiple frameworks. Yeah. Like, that all kind of say things about who you are or who you ought to be. Yeah. Like on different terms even. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you want to read what you found. What did oh. you find? Oh, I just found something that was talking about just Catholicism. And and um, like sneezing and coughing and yawning. It said sneezing, yawning, and the devil. You don't really have to move. No. You're just louder. Oh. <laughs> Ever wonder why we pray for God's blessing after someone sneezes? It comes from the ancient belief that a person's breath was the same as their soul. When God made Adam, he breathed life into him. Thus, a myth grew up around this belief that a sneeze was thought to rapidly send the life of a person out of them. When this life leaves, a vacuum is left, which could be filled by evil spirits. Very superstitious. Yeah. 
Yeah. Some French and English taught that yawning was another opportunity for the devil to enter. Thus, you covered your mouth to bar his entrance. In Ireland, they would make the sign of the cross over their mouths while yawning. Still today, some Muslims believe this can happen when one yawns. Hmm. Interesting. St. Mary's Catholic Church in Texas. Thank you. I like that you quoted it. <laughs> Sources are cited. When we Sources are podcast. cited on this podcast. I, I will include the, the MLA attached <laughs> format. If anyone wants to read, check out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to do you want to speak on your experience or not? Sure. Um. Yeah, you know. I think that's interesting. Not letting the devil into your mouth. I think that maybe it stems from um, sneezing and other things that concern intaking or intaking too many like biological things perhaps it was like people noticed that people that sneezing were dying or that yawning when you were yawning you weren't at your best you were like tired and these are all like opportunities for physical maladies that they didn't really understand but they were all kind of surrounded in like differences in the way people acted so when you like sneezed it was like well you might die next week because everybody that sneezes for some reason dies so they're like, God bless you, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just what I was thinking about after you said that. But I think my my father is a lot more spiritual than my mother, and a lot more focused on the importance of religion. And my mom was pretty icon iconoclastic and not like purposefully not anti religion, but like very skeptic. Very skeptic. What is iconoclastic? It means like directly opposing icons and like like kind of antagonistic towards social structure like formatted social structures like an iconoclast would be someone who tears down whatever is currently um, being projected as true or like iconic or like tearing down traditional values Okay. Um, that are kind of out there for danger and outdated. And I think that has been a conflict in the relationship. More so than... It's like they just kind of don't talk about it anymore, which I think is bad. I wish they did. Um, but it's like one of the conversations that they've decided subjectively not to have a conversation about for the sake of their marriage, which I think is unfortunate. I hope I don't have a relationship like that. I, I think the relationship is fine, but that aspect of like not talking about something yeah. just seems really like irresponsible to me and kind of sad that they can't like talk about it because they know they'll just get in a fight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my mom told me that, and I was like, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, yeah, like that really makes me upset that you can't have a conversation about a whole the whole topic of. Re- my mom's like, no, we can't, we can't, we, we your your father and I don't talk about politics, we don't talk about religion anymore. And I was like, what? Like, you just don't speak about that anymore? I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, um, but, you know, perhaps they appreciate... I think it's stressful for both of them. I think it's stressful for my mom as a lawyer. And my father is very spiritual, so he speaks in spiritual jargon. And my mother speaks in, like, litigation, like, dissecting every argument that he has. Like, And that's not really the point of my dad's way of speaking. 
It is more so like somebody else, but this is very off topic. I hear you saying. Um, but like when I was younger, I'd read through the Bible with my mom, and I, I think in in like some in a passive way, it was teaching me the Bible. But all we would do is kind of like pick apart like parts of it that didn't make sense, and like talk about like the inconsistencies. And I learned about the Bible, but through like learning about the ways, I just didn't. It didn't make sense to me. Even from a very, I was like, where did Cain and Abel's wives come from? They're never mentioned before, and then they're suddenly like, they have wives now, and I, I just found that weird. But I think it was good for me to like get a get like an appreciation for religion, but also not be religious. I think that's that's how I, I would describe like understanding the importance of having religion in my life, but also not being a religious person, which is how I grew up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. A comic classic characterized by attack or cherished beliefs or institutions. Characterized by attack of beliefs or institutions. On cherished beliefs or institutions. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for giving us a definition for that. I didn't hear your word. I didn't hear anything. Iconoclastic. Iconoclastic. Yeah, come on guys. Uh, if whoever makes AI hears this, we need better AI because the I is not silent. Iconoclastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you making time for the We Them Niggas podcast in your lives this evening on uh, April 19th. 420 right now. Oh, it's April 20th now. Yeah, we took we took many, many, many minutes. (laughs) Two worlds in one episode. Yeah, hand me a phone. I'll do it. I've never lost the world. Me neither. We got Wordle Pros here. Wordle Pros only. Here, want to do it with me? Yeah. Okay. Give me a five-letter word. Anything. Uh, Iconoclastic. <laughs> we could do icons. No. No. You could do icons. Do 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 a do. A do. Yeah, I would do a do. Because yeah. it gives you like all your values. It's hard to lose. <laughs>